Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Guidance Counselor 2.0 this morning, uh, Thursday morning, a, a, a cold, uh, dreary uh, Thursday morning. Um, so uh, a few people coming in. Uh, Kathia, what's going on? Amy from Memphis. Uh, Mohammed student from New York City. Brian, I know Brian's in Alabama. Um, also, Amy says, hey, do a favor and turn down the background sound or turn up Josh. Yes, absolutely. Sorry. The music's like elevator music to get people hyped up. The music is off. So we can all hear Josh's beautiful yeah. voice. Um, so just a little bit. There we go. Yep. Awesome. So uh, I messaged Josh, and, and and the whole point of Guidance Counselor 2.0 is is to obviously um, help people, um, both from a hiring perspective and a candidate perspective, find a job, hire better. Um, I, I before we dive in to talk about Josh's background and what he does and how he can give advice. I want to give some shout outs first to my team kind of around me helping kind of fuel this Taylor Destin machine. So we got Alex Pooler, um, Alex Pooler designed up in New York City. We have Summer Liddington out in West Coast, uh, Seattle, who's redoing my website. Uh, Josh, we aren't using Webflow. We're using Squarespace. I'm sorry, but um, she is doing TaylorDestin.com. And then um, uh, we also have Drew Skelton doing some work for me, as well as Brandon Arve, who's tuning in as well, who's kind of leading the whole direction of my marketing efforts. And then finally, if you are a hiring manager, I've obviously begged Josh to hire for me. But if you are a hiring manager uh, and you want to work with me in 2021, I'd love to work with you. Um, even if your recruiters are terrible and you just want an audit of what they're doing, I'd love to just chat with you and I won't sell you all my services. So that's a shameless self-plug. So let's go ahead and dive in. Josh, give the people what they want. Give a background about yourself, who you are, what do you do at Webflow, and then I'll ask you some questions. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm Josh Seifer. Uh, I do live in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I've lived here about 12 years. Um, came here for college, uh, never left. Um, I, uh, my senior year of college, I actually started working with um, a local company called Golden Spiral Marketing. Um, at that point, it was just called Golden Spiral Studios, and um, it was very fresh. There was like four of us, um, and really kind of cut my teeth there, uh, mostly doing project management and uh, working to kind of just fill the gaps. I mean, there's four of us and we were trying to run a company. So like, you know, sometimes I was collections agent, sometimes I was trying to drum up sales, sometimes I was managing a project and sometimes I was trying to debug code that I didn't even understand because I didn't know how to program. Um, uh, from there though, uh, I got really interested in uh, creating like a quality experience um, for the customer um, and uh, kind of fell into QA, which was a weird vertical. Um, so I did that for a bit, but hit my glass ceiling in QA, the market, wasn't really good um, for uh, quality roles at that point in time. And this is like, you know, nine years ago. Um, so I started doing uh, more on the programming side uh, so I could kind of grow my career. Uh, when I did that, I went and worked at another company um, called Flow Thinkery um, uh, that is no longer around, but, um, and that was great. It was just another consultancy, just a bigger company. And then from there I went to Emma um, and Emma uh, is really where I cut my teeth. Uh, um, those of you in Nashville remember Emma, it's been a long staple of the tech community. Uh, then they got acquired by Campaign Monitor. And when that happened, it really kind of shifted how things were. And, um, you know, across the Campaign Monitor, they're doing great, um, but it just wasn't really for me anymore. So I started looking for my next opportunity, um, which was at Webflow. I always wanted to kind of build my own team and do things in a way that I thought, uh, like I, I wanted to really just kind of dream big and push the boundary of what quality and technology could do. Um, so I ended up taking a job at Webflow to go build out their quality team um, and shore up their engineering efforts um, related to that, um, which is really great. Uh, it's things that we do a little differently at quality is that, or with quality at Webflow is that it's a, uh, it's a function of the engineering department. Um, 
we don't hire QA engineers. We hire quality specialists um, uh, that aren't really required. I mean, they're not required uh, to do any sort of coding um, because we have a very hands-on product that requires a whole lot of detail and finesse. Um, but we hire software engineers specifically that work on more of our test automation and we have our other engineers do it. So it kind of uh, dissolved the classist divide that we sometimes see in organizations between QA and uh, QA engineers and engineers. So we're all kind of just one big, happy interdisciplinary family. Um, I actually didn't go there to necessarily be a manager, but um, I, like I, I started out as just kind of like a tech lead, like team lead, like build us a big automation framework. I'm like, okay, cool. But uh, I got it. I sort of just, you know, trial by combat, they were like, hey, we need somebody to lead this. And obviously you have some ideas and we'd love to get behind you and try it. So um, so now I'm technically a senior engineering manager at uh, um, Webflow. Um, I've been doing that for about two and a half years out of the three that I've been there. Um, uh, I've probably interviewed, I don't know, three, 4,000 people um, in yeah. my tenure there. And I've, I've hired yeah. probably 15 or 20. So it's... Uh, um, which is, I think is a good, that, I think that's a good thing. That's not, that's not a bad thing. So it's, uh, sure. it's been a really awesome adventure, especially working in a mostly remote company. Um, we do have an office in San Francisco, but, um, we operate as a remote company and it's yeah. been, uh, kind of amazing. So I that's like awesome. It. Yeah. So between Josh and I, we've met over 8,000 engineers at this point, um, yeah. in our career. So, um, all right, so Josh, let's get into it. And again, for those of you who are watching, tuning in, if you have any questions for Josh, from a hiring manager perspective and or a job seeker perspective, we will answer them on this show. This is a great way to get uh, direct um, feedback from a hiring manager. This is why I do this show. So Josh, first question is, is what do companies and hiring managers need to be mindful of in 2021 hiring within a pandemic, within obviously a more fully remote uh, environment, and maybe just some tips that y'all have implemented being a really already a fully remote company before the pandemic? Yeah. So, um, one thing that I've seen that significantly changed the pandemic is the shift to remote work. Like before it was like kind of this cool golden unicorn of a luxury uh, yep. where some people get, and so, some people actually hate remote work and that's fine. Like I, there's, there are times, believe it or not, that even me doing this, like working remotely almost for five years, I'm like, yeah, I kind of just wish I had an office with a coffee machine and sure. like I could just put my laptop down and walk away. Um, <laughs> but we've, we've essentially democratized remote work. So it's no longer, um, it's not, no longer like uh there's not a lot of compromise like where people are like you know what oh. i'll take less money if i can work from home or i'll um yeah. you know i'll overlook these benefits or this compensation package so i can work from home or i'll work in an industry i don't care about as much so i can work from home like there's a lot more availability to that yeah. at the same time a lot of the remote first like a lot of the earlier remote companies um uh 10 like most of us have kind of like a location-based compensation package so we will pay you um, based on a percentile, looking at the cost of living index, usually San Francisco and New York end up being like your tier one markets. And then right. there's like a 10% reduction for every like 15% cost of living reduction. It's, it's a whole math thing. And it's an attempt to make it fair um, uh, and to be able to still hire talent in certain places. Now, sure. what's interesting is that worked really well when there, you know, there was scarcity um, in remote work. But what's changed uh, is that now it's much more available. And so... Yeah now you're not necessarily competing like in the san francisco market or in this market you're competing on a global stage like anybody can log in and do remote work from anywhere Correct. um like i was just in the middle of colorado like like not even like the pictures part, like you know the drone, yeah yeah there's, right. there's nothing around it's like i'm working from there like i could live yeah. there easily like um and so uh 
I'm seeing more companies that are starting to essentially offer just a global compensation package. It's like, this is what we do. Um, and uh, yeah, that maybe that doesn't work out so well for some of these tier one markets like San Francisco and New York and London. But at the other hand, it's allowing them to get more diverse talent from all across the place. So right. um, the big thing I would, I would really look at, especially like um, when you go to look for candidates and if you're trying to add diversity in your team, it's like, ask yourself like, is the rate we're paying competitive? With what other companies like us on the global stage like we've we've answered that before but um it's it's a giant pitfall that we're falling into so for us like we see that our tier one markets are fine but like by the time we get to like a tier four market like i i lost a candidate recently that was great um who lived uh just basically in the middle of nowhere in wisconsin but based on that um that payment structure like when you reduce 30 40 percent it's like it's just not even competitive it's not a That's competitive crazy. number um, so even in their well, local because that guy in Wisconsin can go mm -hmm. get a tier yeah, one right. out of New York because new companies mm -hmm. see. I feel like y'all did yeah. it the right way, but we now new right companies way. are like, "Whoa, we'll, let's just throw yeah, money, now, man!" We'll just now we're even we're just, re examining it, um, yeah. and uh, and it's That's tricky because um, there's not a good way to do it. So so one thing I would like really think about what that means. Um, the other thing too, um, I think another thing that a lot of uh, this probably jumps into the candidates, but I think it's a relevant hire manager too. If you're in a company that is like, you know, we're going to be remote now, but we're eventually going to go back to work. I don't know how well that transition is going to go. And I think that's a really big attrition risk that you might see because Wait, a lot so of say companies- that, Just decided, say that one more time. For the companies yeah. in Nashville, real quick. Yeah, for the companies quick, in I'm Nashville, in the Southeast, and I see this mostly in the Southeast, like out yeah. West, like I'm I don't, so I mean, tired of it. like, I mean, REI built a brand new corporate headquarters I and is it. never going to move into it and sold it. Um, like, and that thing looked awesome. Really I would have moved to Seattle for that. You, you would have moved to Seattle company. for that. Yeah, exactly. I was in Seattle three weeks ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, but like, but really think about that. Like, are you in a business that, um, that genuinely needs every single person to have a body in a seat? Um, now there are certain levels of access control. There's certain levels of security. There are certain levels of physical sure. paperwork. Or it, the the barrier to do that is too expensive, or it is too complicated, and I understand that. But for ninety five percent of like startup companies um, that have a digital only product, it's like you you really don't need to spend fifty thousand dollars a month on office space to put people there, um, and then make them spend half their day driving. Like it, it's very frustrating. So so really think about that. Um, that's gonna be really tricky. The other side um, that you might be seeing is like those that still haven't received jobs because of layoffs in the pandemic are starting to get very desperate. Yep. Um, and that's that's a tricky place because like as a hiring manager, like, you know, there's a part of me like I want to give everybody a job that I can um, same. at the same, same at the same time. At the same time, like a lot of the candidates I'm seeing as of recently seem like they've been backed into a corner. It's like, hey, look, I got to do something. It's cage um, animal syndrome is what I call it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, and, and it's something to look out for. And you definitely yeah. want to figure out how to mitigate that, like in your own way, depending on the job, like, um, because this person might be a big, like you might only have them for, you know, 14, 18 months anyway. Um, and so if you're really trying to bring on a candidate that you want to stay for two, three, four years, like you need to really think about like, well, what does that plan look like and how are you going to engage them and keep them? Uh, because right now I feel like people are just like, Hey, you have money and I can work from home. So my kids can like be here. Uh, right. because they can't go to school like that's that like that's that's been a big concern that we've definitely been thinking about and like how are we going to support and i know that webflow does a lot to support that to make sure that people feel uh supported and welcome yeah. um but uh, in my experience a lot of companies don't do that 
Um, so, uh, so really think about it. And, and to be fair, if they're going to go like some attrition is good, like you're going to churn through people, it's going to happen. Um, but like as a hiring manager, like you should have some sort of succession planning in mind of like, okay, so if I only have this person for six to eight months until they can find that fully remote job or until they can find something that pays better or that's more aligned with what they want to do, like, is that okay? Um, uh, cause in some cases it is like, you know, it's right. like, I just need people to do this. Um, but that, that says everything about your onboarding process that says about your current support structure. Um, and so a lot of times like it's forced us to be like, oh man, we have to level up our onboarding process. We have to level up. Um, some of our current people and engage them so they will stay so they can be good mentors. And then we hope Josh, to engage and attract. Josh people. is over but, here yeah. affirming everything yeah. I've been tweeting and talking about. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty big on, I think now you, you can't go to code conferences anymore and pass out swag. Mm -hmm. There's no yeah. meetups to pimp out your company. The one thing that is consistent across all companies to showcase who you are and your brand Two candidates is the interview and onboarding process. Yeah, and we've uh, we've had to completely redesign ours to even streamline mm -hmm. it, and make it like make more sense, and to really yep. show off like what it is that we have to offer. Um, and like, I would consider us a pretty attractive company to come work at, and sure. we still put a lot of effort into it to convince people. What's um, the biggest thing you changed? We don't have to go into details. I'm just curious, um, like super high level. So um, uh, one common thing you'll probably see uh, in a lot of companies is uh, like like either a contract to hire period or yeah. a trial like a trial week um, or even a trial project like some of the you know it's, so, some companies have, like and that's what we used to do. We I think it's smart. Like, here's a, yeah, it's like here's a forty hour project. Like here's an issue. Like we'll put you in a private Slack channel. Um, you'll sign an NDA. You work on this project and objective. Take some feedback. We'll see how it goes. You get a little bit of a sense to work here. We've consolidated that into a single day interview. Um, so um, mm. we call it the big day um, and it's a six hour okay. interview process. Now we will split Whoa. this into like multiple sessions if we need to, but the point is, is like we are getting this down to six hours. You can do this in a day if you want to, um, or like, you know, we can do this in three afternoons, which is what a lot of candidates end up doing because sure. they still have another job or other priorities. Um, and at that point, like we do something where they'll collaborate one-on-one -on -one with somebody on the team that they would be hired on. We'll do another one uh, where they'll hunt, they'll go do like a hour long by themselves exercise and then review it with somebody else. And so it's kind of like one's like pairing. The other one's more like taking feed more about taking feedback. We're trying to see how you take feedback and how we can challenge your ideas, what it's like to work with you in that situation and how you explain yourself um, and articulate yourself. Like um, then uh, there's another one that would be with like like a product or an engineering manager on the team that would be more along the lines of like, you know, like the culture fit questions, like, um, uh, you know, or how do you handle difficult situations, competing priorities? Uh, so, you know, so, so y'all didn't, so y'all didn't yeah. have this six hour interview before we didn't. Um, so okay. we used to kind of pepper these interviews like throughout yep. the process, um, and then still do the, the contract project. Um, but now we just do all this. And then the last one's like an executive interview, whoever sure. the executive sponsor is in their team. Um, sure. And that's more of like a, hey, do you have any other questions for us? Like usually like we're like, you're interviewing us now. Like you've already done all the hard work. Like now's your chance to ask any other questions or tell us what you think. And yeah. so we started doing that. It makes it super efficient because um, it's very time conscious of the candidate. It's very straightforward. Um, it's also very easy to keep it consistent. Like a lot of our trial projects ended up being like, well, here's an issue and here's an yeah. issue. And here's an issue. And we did, pay, we did pay people for these. Like it wasn't like. So that's, just, I, like, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. I mean, are you, because mm -hmm. let's face so it, not, companies. If yeah. Companies, if you're you're hiring manager, you watch this and you got somebody taking a few hour code. I mean, I literally have I've had companies in the past 
Send yeah. like a multi, like a 10 hour Cody vow and then not pay the person. It's like, you gotta be careful with that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So we still send out a Cody vow like as like at the screening point. Um, it's designed to be done within, uh, so we say it should take you no longer than 90 minutes. We expect at least for a senior engineer that you should be able to do it in about 30. Um, however, we don't track the time, but like that's what we calibrated at. It's like, this takes most of the time to 30. We'll give them 90 because we're like, we, we, we tell them 90 because it's like, we don't want them to be like, you should be able to do this in 30 minutes. Cause like, you know, everyone's learning styles different. We want to accommodate. Right. Um, but we've tried to calibrate it that way, but we send them the same one. Uh, Cause we want it to be super simple. Um, and then right. a lot of times it's not really about how it's completed. Um, and if it's completed properly, it's more about how you approach it and what, what you're thinking. Um, and so to kind of get into the candidate side of things and segue, um, one big thing I see with candidates over and over again is that they, they won't explain how they're reasoning and how they're thinking. It's like, in terms mm. of like JavaScript technology, like whatever, I can teach you how to code the way that we do. Um, someone on, on the team will ramp you up on how we do things. Like you might've written React here and you're gonna do React there. It could still be two completely different things depending on the point in time mm -hmm. in which yep. the code base originates. What I, what, what's very difficult to do is to teach you how to reason for yourself and how to explain your thoughts and how to articulate and communicate. And I run into a lot of situations with candidates where um, they're just trying to be like, yeah, well, look at my resume, it's awesome. Or um, I just am trying to get experience. And it's like, both of those are great. Like, yeah, lean in on your strengths and like, you know, be honest about your intentions, but please explain to me why you're thinking what you do. Like, like because I'm much more likely as a hiring manager to take a risk on a candidate that I see as a high aptitude to understand. So good. And you um, don't know that and, unless they don't communicate. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't communicate that, then I don't know. Um, I uh, I recently, uh, just a few days ago, sent out rejection and one of the biggest, and they asked for feedback. And I usually will, when I can, like, and this person went all the way through to, to the end stage. Wow. And anytime that happens, if when I do a rejection, I usually do it live. I talk to them. Well, I'll tell them and then I'll be like, that's hey, so good. Do companies, if different. you're watching yeah. this, that's the way to do it. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's like, and it's not comfortable for anybody. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, uh, one of the biggest things I said is like, Hey, like, you know, I really need you like, like part of it was like, okay, we have more experienced candidates. There's nothing you can do about that other than keep working, keep chugging along your career. You'll get there. Um, the other side of that though, is like, I need you to articulate where your rationale is coming from. And I want to see a certain level of, uh, confidence in your statements. That's another thing that I see. Like there's a lot of uncertainty so and good. I think there's a difference between recognizing your weaknesses and admitting yeah. that um and uh like not being confident it's like so like i could be like hey like are you like do you feel good that this is like everything that you're gonna find and they're like yeah like you're <laughs> yeah. just like yeah maybe what i'm seeing like yeah I, I think this is good it's like um or like what do you think about this thing it's like well i don't know it's like well i think i know like it, it's very different it's like it's risky when i hear that hesitation um uh, and like, we're going to ask you a bunch of questions throughout the process. Cause you know, some people just get nervous and that happens, right. but, um, yeah, like be like, be articulate and, and explain your reasoning. Um, if you don't know something, tell them that you don't know something and own it. Um, like a badge of honor, like don't, yeah. don't be like, Oh, I don't know this and I'm in trouble. Um, yeah. if they're like, Hey, do you know Kafka and you don't know Kafka and you're, you can't get the job for that, then you probably don't want to work there anyway. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> it's fine. absolutely. Well, and then, and then, and then I threw up Amy's thing. Um, yeah. Amy's post just because we've been talking about it for the last few minutes about what what are you looking for from a quality specialist role um, and the, the the again from what Josh just said it sound, what what it sounds like you're saying is that it really comes down I mean obviously the tech has got to be there but it's a lot of yeah. soft skills 
It's a lot of soft skills. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah, and I, I honestly think the, the soft skills are hard skills. Like, like those are the those are the non-negotiable terms. Like the tech, um, you I can, can teach, teach tech. You soft skill. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like I, yeah. So um, uh, so skill wise, like uh, for quality specialists, I mean, there's certain things I'm gonna look for. Like obviously, like software testing experiences, working in an agile environment is great. Um, but I have. I have a quality specialist in my team that was a technical writer. Um, and you know what they're really good at? Communicating and documenting things, which is exactly what my team needed. Um, and so uh, they had no experience working in quality whatsoever, but they were such a good technical writer. I'm like, hey, do you want to come do this job? Um, and, uh, you know, they started out, you know, basically at entry level and, you know, they hit a senior level like within two years, uh, which is awesome. Like we were able to kind of grow and do that. So. Um, so yeah, realis realistically, um, especially more so with quality than engineering, I am looking for those soft skills. I'm looking for um, how, uh, like how you pay attention and how you think about things. Like, what kind of questions do you ask? Like, I I literally write down anytime someone asks a question in an interview, I write it down on my scorecard because um, it's like, especially as a, somebody that comes from QA folks, like the quality of the question you ask is very important to me. Um, so good. Uh, uh, like because it, it shows me, Hey, you're thinking about other things. You have other ideas. Um, yeah. and you're trying to, you're trying to figure that out. So, um, uh, in terms of like actual qualifications, we still, ha still have a role live on the website. So if you go to webflow.com slash jobs, you can kind of see more of the detail. Um, plug in Taylor uh, for your referral yeah. fee. So I can refer yeah, 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 exactly. Um, we're probably going to close off that role pretty soon. So I'm just want to set an expectation, but, sure. um, because I've I'm, should finally make my hire at least in the next cool. week or two. But awesome. Um, but some like, of the people that you rejected that are still good. <laughs> um, I, I, I do have a couple actually. We should talk. Okay. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's one that I was like, oh, I feel bad about it. Oh no. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. So Josh, as, so I, as we conclude here, and again, I mean, you're you're one of the guys, and I was I was excited to have you on, but I also knew that you and I could talk about nine hours on this stuff. Oh I yeah, think, yeah, we could talk all day. Yeah. yeah so. What is the 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 one thing for the people who who are still watching from a job seeking perspective? What is one just motivational thing, career guidance? Like, what is just like one thing you want to leave the viewers with from a job seeking perspective right now? Um, uh, so I encourage everybody to always look at their long term goals outside of their career. Um, like, what are what are your long term personal goals, and how 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 is what you're about to do? getting you there. Sometimes it's like, I need to work this and make some money so I can get there. Uh, sometimes it's like, uh, you know, I want to move to this city. So I need to look in these markets, but like a lot of times I see people's careers steer their lives. And I feel like your life should steer your career. Um, Ooh, now, and like that's, and then it becomes really important. Cause like one thing I always like to say is that you're interviewing a company as much as they're interviewing you yeah. at the same yeah. time. Like, you know, you, you have your own bottom line, you have to cover it. So like, there are times where you'll take the job that's not what you want, but it's gonna pay your bills and that's okay. Um, uh, but there are other times where you don't have to do that anymore and that's all right. No. Um, no. And so really think about those long-term goals and how you're getting there and check in with yourself on a regular cadence and be like, okay, what am I doing that advances me to this place? Um, it's I something that. I even do in my one-on-ones with my own staff. I'm like, what's, like, I'll be like, what are some of your long-term goals? And they can't be related to work. <laughs> like, I love that. And like, and like we'll that. write that down because I want to know that when I'm supporting them as a as a manager. I love that. Um, and help kind of keep them accountable to their own goals. Um, That's awesome. That's even awesome. that means telling them maybe it's time for you to go. Um, yeah. Not because I'm hiring you, because it seems like you might want to do something else. So like, go find yes. something. Like, it's cool. Yes. You're good here. Just keep doing your work, and then when it's time, I'll write the recommendation.
Like I love that. Yeah. I love that. Cool, man. Well, Josh, thank you again for hanging out, buddy. I appreciate yeah, it. Sure. Um, for anybody who wants to reach you, what's the best way for people to reach you? Um, uh, my DMs are open on Twitter. It's at okay. Joshua Cypher. Um, yeah. uh, if you're in the Nashville area, Nashville Slack's pretty great. Uh, otherwise, I'm pretty easy to find uh, on LinkedIn or something. So send me a request um, on LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, Josh, thanks again for hanging. Yeah. Let's let's definitely catch up, uh, especially about the candidates. So yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. I'll DM you. All right, buddy. Okay. Bye. Bye.